Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to a very special, I think I'm doing a Hallmark commercial, <laughs> very special with the First Pick Podcast. We are here clearly at Ohio State, Columbus, Ohio. Uh, the second home of Rick Spielman, as I like to say, I'm Ryan Wilson. That's Rick Spielman, our general manager, more than 30 years of NFL experience, 10 years as the Vikings general manager. And by the way, Debo's producing. Debo, I learned last night on the two-hour drive over, 17 years in the Vikings front office. So that's something I have to add to the intro. But we are here in Columbus, not to celebrate Mr. Spielman, because we do that every day, but to talk about the Ohio State Pro Day in particular, C.J. Stroud. And, of course, there were a lot of other players here that had good days that will get drafted, um, and we'll talk about those guys as well. So, Rick, let's start at the top. And everyone, you know the rules. You can watch us on at uh, NFL uh, on CBS on YouTube. Subscribe, thumbs up, give us a like and all that other stuff. But, Rick, let's start at the top with C.J. Stroud and just your initial impressions from his pro day. This is my first – Pro day for a big time quarterback. I've been a couple of Syracuse pro days. Uh, <laughs> so disrespectful to Eric Dungy. Uh, I, I didn't even. You don't even know what I'm laughing at. <laughs> but, okay, you know, yes, it was a fact. <laughs> uh, okay, you've got a lot of experience at these things. I mean, well, I was going to ask you. So, tell me what I should take away from the CJ Stroud thing from a, a veteran evaluator perspective. Because for me, I thought he had a really good day. I thought he made a lot of great throws. We talk a lot of times about the ball being on the ground at these pro days because they're also scripted. There were a lot of balls on the ground compared to other pro days. Does any of that matter to you based on what we know about C.J. Stroud? No, well, some of the balls that were on the ground here were receivers dropping the ball. So there wasn't a question to me about his accuracy. I think what he did at the Combine and what I thought was one of the best quarterback workouts I've ever seen at the Combine, I thought that just carried over in today's pro day. And it was a scripted workout. I believe you said he had 58 throws today. You've seen him throw short, intermediate, and the deep ball. He moved around in the pocket. They try to simulate as much things as they could that he's going to have to do when he gets to the NFL as best they can. But he got an opportunity to throw to his own receivers today on his own home turf. And I thought he took advantage of that opportunity. We're going to have an opportunity to go down and see Bryce Young, who we haven't seen thrown. Not yet yet throw yet in the offseason so to see him today to go see Bryce tomorrow and then go see Will Levis on Friday uh, we'll have a pretty good feel uh, for all these guys and how these teams are going to stack these quarterbacks up heading into the draft so a couple things um, when CJ started warming up on the field right before he he went through his session saw a couple balls wobble at all 
two levels, short and intermediate. I, it doesn't necessarily matter to me, but I made a note of it. I thought his arm strength was not an issue. And when he needed to step on one, he could step on one. The accuracy remains uh, arguably the best in the class up there with Bryce Young. And um, I mentioned the drops, but does the wobble concern you? It's not a no. perfect spiral. It's not a no, spiral. sometimes it's not. But a lot of those uh, throws that were a little wobbly is when he was throwing, rolling to his right, throwing to his left. There was a lot of movement okay. that he was doing with those. So, But the one thing I wanted to see was his feet and how coordinated he is when he's setting up in the pocket. There's no question about that. How the ball comes off his hand, I mean, it's ridiculous how smooth and easy that throwing motion is and the velocity that he puts on the ball. And you're seeing balls that are thrown 50, 60, 70 yards downfield uh, when he's moving around in the pocket, and he's got incredible arm strength. So there's no question about his arm talent. I know talking to a lot of people here at the Pro Day as well, they were very impressed with him. And it'll be interesting to see. I think he keeps getting closer and closer to be that QB1 for Carolina. But we'll see tomorrow because I know <laughs> Carolina and that contingency with the ownership, the head coach, the GM, their whole crew, I think they had eight or nine people here today, will be at the Alabama Pro Day and then on Friday up to Kentucky to see Will Levis. Yeah, so our buddy Pete Prisco, who uh, gives us a hard time, me in particular about falling in love, asked as soon as the Pro Day ended, uh, where were we slobbering all over CJ? And I think CJ earned that because of the way he played. And his arm strength, to, to talk about that quickly, is – he doesn't. It doesn't require a lot of effort on his part no. to get the ball going. Look, he can just snap it off, and 60 yards later, the ball is hitting the receivers, usually in the hands downfield. Now, again, let's bring it back a little bit. We talk about the Zach Wilson Pro Day. You were there two years ago. That's when the 49ers traded up from 12 to 3 to get Trey Lance. Right. Uh, everyone loved the Zach Wilson Pro Day. Is there anything that we shouldn't take stock in in terms of overreactions, or do we just take it as it is and go from there? Well, just talking about the Zach Wilson Pro Day, it was a great Pro Day. And all these Pro Days, you know, uh, that we saw today are scripted. So they have a specific plan in place on, okay, we're going to throw this many out routes. They're going to throw this many option routes. They're going to throw this many uh, deep in routes. They're going to throw this many out routes. They're going to throw this many deep balls. So it is all scripted, but the one thing when you watch Zach Wilson, you watch this tape, he did some phenomenal things on tape as well, had a very good pro day, but the throws he got away at the collegiate level at BYU, he's not getting away with right now right. in the NFL. So C.J. Stroud, I have no question that everything that we've seen on tape, that that's going to translate to him being a very successful quarterback at the next level. Let me ask you this, and then we'll take a quick break, and we'll talk about some of the other players here at the Ohio State Pro Day. Why was it the case that we all liked C.J. in the fall, but he was under the radar compared to Will Levis, even Anthony Richardson, of course, Bryce Young, and then once we met him in person at the Super Bowl and then at the Combine, and then you chatted with him for a second today, and you see him in person and sort of see that he made it? Why is that changing the narrative? The tape hasn't changed. No, the tape hasn't changed, but you're trying to find out who the person is. And one of the biggest things, it's not just the physical ability of a quarterback, but it's the leadership. Does he put in the work that he needs to put in to be a successful NFL quarterback? You got to be, you know, we talked about uh, Hendon Hooker. And oh, yeah. when we talked to some of his receivers, he was the first one in the parking lot at 630 in the morning, last one to leave. So a lot of teams right now are having meetings with CJ. They're trying to understand his knowledge. They're talking to all the sources here at the school. Everybody I talked to said he is everything you want in a quarterback, not only on the field, 
but how he prepares week in and week out. And I, and I asked you, I asked you in almost half joking, but half serious. I said, so, you know, he was the last part of the day that the, the pro day started around 11 in the morning, players getting weighed and, and benching. And, and then the offensive line worked out, the defensive line worked out, the D backs worked out. And CJ was front and center for all his teammates. And I said to you, does that matter? And you said, yeah, it, it actually does matter. Yeah, because I'm watching him, you know, when, even with his defensive lineman and offensive lineman, he's there encouraging them. So you get, you got to kind of go back and then say, okay, was this because there was 32 NFL teams here, some owners, some all the head coaches that were here, the general managers? Is this what he normally is like, or is he doing this because we're all here watching? So those are the things that you try to understand and, and talk to the sources in the building that you know, is this truly who he is? But that tells you that he's out there. I, I can tell the teammates, you look at the teammates and how they respected him uh, because they gravitated to him while he was out there. So you mentioned all the teams that were here and represented. Is this a typical Ohio State Pro Day or is this different because it's a quarterback? No, it's a typical Ohio State Pro it Day because they always have guys. They yeah. always have someone in the first round. Uh, the quarterback probably puts a little more emphasis. Like, I don't know. I mean, David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, were here. Um, but when you're trying to make a decision for your franchise to find the next franchise quarterback or the face of your franchise, then you're going to put all your resources necessary to be here. And there were a lot of teams here. We saw Pete Carroll here. We saw John Schneider here. All those teams in the top five. <laughs> uh, they were here and uh, doing their evaluations. So you, you mentioned, again, was it the fact that C.J. Stroud knew that all the teams were here that he decided to, to act the way the actor? Is that just who he is? We'll talk about another player after the break who knew all 32 teams were here, and he didn't do some things. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about uh, Dewan Jones. And we just did a segment on CBS Sports HQ where we talked about the Ohio State Pro Day, and the conversation came to Dewan Jones. He was 6'8". His arms are 36 and change. And when he went to get measured or get weighed, excuse me, uh, this is what the, the the scout said. No weight choice. So his choice own, choice. own choice. Not to get weighed. Now, he weighed 375 at the Senior Bowl. That was back in uh, early February, late January. So now we've had five, six weeks since then. And 375, five or six weeks later, could go any number of directions. Oh, yeah. What's your concern? I know what the answer is, but just for people listening, what's your concern with the fact that this young man who weighed 375 had a great one day of practice at the Senior Bowl before he had this, the concussion like his had a great season, uh, decided not to get weighed here? Yeah, well, there's over and under bets going on amongst all the NFL teams on if this guy's over 400 pounds or not. The other thing that was very disappointing is you're a big guy. Everybody understands how big you are, how much you're going to weigh. Just get up on the scale and weigh. Let teams make that determination. But now you didn't weigh in because of your own choice. Now that's going to put a red flag on, does this guy know how to handle his weight? And what we talked about earlier is if he goes down to OTAs, wherever he gets drafted, goes through the whole offseason program, gets that four weeks off, let's say he comes in, you get him down to 370 pounds. When he has four weeks off and before he reports to training camp, is he going to be have another 34 pounds on him? Because mm. it's not the kid's ability. It's the kid, can he keep managing, keep his weight under control? So by not weighing in because he said own choice, that's definitely going to put a red flag in. And then the second red flag is 
he had an opportunity to go out there and compete. And you know how I like competitors. <laughs> he wore his sweatsuit out there yeah. and just watched every drill. Did not do one thing today except walk around. He got heighted, weight, got his height, got his arm length. After that, you didn't see him weigh in. You didn't see him work out. You didn't see him do any drills. After pro days, when they have the scripted workout, then a lot of times the coaches that are here, and there was a bunch of offensive line coaches here today, go down and work them on the side while the other drills are going on. And he didn't even participate in that today. Now, maybe there was an excuse. I don't know. But it was from what I saw, and I'm just going off what I saw, uh, that I would have been very disappointed if I was a general manager walking away with him not doing anything. So you said a big part of the pro days, and people listening may not know this. I, I just found this out. You interview, you're interviewing the players. Yeah. There's an opportunity for you to interview the players. We know, we hear about all the time, um, reports where players go out to dinner with this team or that yep. team. But let's say Dewan Jones is in an interview right now with the team, and they say, so how much do you weigh? And it, it, if his agent says, don't tell him, and he says, I'm not telling you. Yeah, that's, those are, why are you hiding it? What's there right. to hide? Right now, you're trying to jockey as being one of the best right tackles in this year's draft class. And if we're going to go see Darnell Wright at Tennessee, uh, you know, his partner, Paris Johnson Jr., had Did a everything. heck of a day. Did, Did everything. everything today. Uh, we'll talk about him. But you're, you're talking about two different uh, or opposite ends of the spectrum. One guy looked like this was a job interview. This was a big day for him. The other guy, all I heard is he went out and ate dinner with a couple of teams last night, multiple meals, and didn't do anything today. Uh, by the way, Debo, he was not at Denny's at 10 p.m. last night. I can confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> Rick and I. We, yeah, we were looking. <laughs> um, have you ever had to deal with a, a player's weight to the point where oh, yeah. you, you had to monitor, you had to have the nutritionist check in on them every day? Is that the sort of thing you have to do? Yeah, but you also, that could be a part of his contract. So okay. you got to weigh X amount. If you're over that, we're going to find you whatever amount we can find you. And that could be up to $500 a pound. Oh, a pound, not a day. No, a pound. So let me ask you this. Over the course of your career, having to deal with those sorts of players, did it typically work out well or not well in terms of the players being around the way you want them to be? Well, they have to understand that it's a job. This is their livelihood. <laughs> right. So it's not you know, uh, you know playing at the collegiate level. And you know, not everybody is watching you 24-7. You know, telling you you got to be here at this class, got to be in the training room here, got to be in the weight room here, got to be at practice here, got to be in a meeting here. When you get to the NFL, they're supposed to be grown men. They're adults. That's their profession. So are they going to be mature enough to do everything they can to be the best pro they can be without yeah. someone monitoring them 24-7? All right, I'll ask you one more question. We'll move on. His, his teammate, Paris Johnson Jr., who played left tackle and had a great day today. Are you taking Dewan Jones in the first round? you need a right tackle? Well, I wish I'd get the answer. Maybe I'll, we'll find out before now in the draft why he didn't do anything in his pro day, and I'll ask around. And maybe it was just his agent told him not to do anything. So you don't want to discredit the kid for that because a lot of times they may just be following their agent's advice. But yeah. I don't know all the answers. But that's one thing. Before I left the building today, if I was a general manager, I'd want to get all those answered right away. No, I get it. All right, let's talk about Paris Johnson Jr. There's nothing to, to be concerned about in terms of the athleticism, the, the on-field workout. He was 6'6 and 2 eighths, uh, 36 and 2 eighths inch arms, weight 311. So that checks every box in terms of when you're building a, a left tackle in the lab, what you want him to look like. And I talked to you about this before. On tape, he's athletic. He looked incredibly athletic going through the drills. And that has to change your opinion, whether subconsciously or not. Well, you watch it on tape, but when you actually can see it live and you see his fit, feet move and how his body control is, 
And the other thing that really shocked me was that we call heavy hands, how heavy his hands yep. were. And you can hear him when he punched the bag, it echoed in that whole indoor facility. And by the way, if you want to see me simulate that, uh, I did that to Rick on CBS Sports HQ. Yeah. yeah. Knocked him off his feet a little bit. Not, does not have heavy hands. <laughs> <laughs> tiny little. Seven. Tiny little, tiny, tiny little hands. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I walked right into that one. All right, go ahead. But what was incredible is he took it like this was the biggest day of his life. This was yeah. not only at the Combine, but he came back and backed up what he did at the Combine and had another great day here at Ohio State. And then the other thing you want to watch is he did all those drills in front of everybody when they're scripted. Then the offensive line coaches, while the other drills are going on, go down and work him out in the end zone, and and he didn't miss a beat. Mm. He was in great shape, which tells you he's taking this process very seriously. By the way, Deba mentioned this, um, and I, I didn't see it, but C.J. Stroud is, is still the favorite to go number one overall at quarterback, which is really no surprise. That came out of the combine, I think, primarily because he was so accurate at the combine, and that got yeah. that moved the markets. Um, we'll see which direction this goes. I have heard that he has a good chance to be the number one guy even before today, and I don't think he didn't hurt himself. But uh, let's talk about another one of his teammates who also plays in the offensive line, Luke Whipler, the center. Yeah. And there's a, a cluster, and we have to get to our clusters at some point before yeah. the draft. Uh, he All these – centers are going to go um, from pick 30 through pick 50 probably. There's four or five guys that are mentioned there. So here's the thing with Luke Whipple, 6'2 and a half, 31 and 7 eighths inch arms, so almost 32 inch arms. He weighed 302. Um, how much did the quote-unquote short arms matter at center? Or is that not a concern because it's 6'2 and a half, you're, you're pretty squat? Yeah. What was his wingspan, did you? 77 and 18. Okay, that's pretty short. Yeah. So what that tells you is that by the way, by comparison, 87 and 6 eighths was DeJuan Jones' wingspan. Yeah, that's so. a pretty drastic uh, <laughs> that's difference. That's a huge between, difference. Between. The one thing that you have to watch then when you go back and watch the tape is how quick his feet are because a lot of times if an offensive lineman is getting beat, they could use their length as a friend to save them because it makes it a lot harder for a defender to get to the quarterback. That's exactly what DeJuan Jones have, does. Yeah, when you have that type of wingspan and arm length. here. In Whipler's situation, he has to make sure that he's right every time with his technique. He's going to have to use his feet. So if he gets initially beat, because he doesn't have that arm length to help maybe uh, avoid getting beat, he's mm -hmm. going to have to rely on his athleticism, which he's very athletic, yep. and quickness to make sure that he stays in position. And he worked out. He did everything. And uh, I don't think he hurt himself. No. No. We, we knew the measurements from the combine. We just got reconfirmed with the measurements, and we got to see him work out as well. Uh, one more offensive player we'll mention. This is a pretty important one, and then we'll talk about defensive player quickly before we uh, preview Alabama and get out of here because we've got to hit the road. Rick is a stickler for time. <laughs> but Jackson Smith and Jigba. So uh -huh. played in three games, five catches, hamstring injury. We did not see a lot about him. And out of sight, out of mind when it comes to draft media in particular. But he was – Excellent in the short area drills, the non 40 drills at the combine. He came here today and ran between a 450 and 452, according to a couple of scouts. And I think that's about the range uh, that he'll come in at officially if there's official measurements of pro days. But I think the issue is the 45 is exactly where he needs to be. Yep. He is very much in the running for wide receiver one. He had a great workout in terms of catching the ball from, from um, CJ Stroud, had one drop. And I asked you if that concerns you. You said, yeah, it actually does. One drop? I said the drop today. I said, did, did, you, did it matter to you if he dropped the ball? You said, yeah. No. Oh, you were just kidding? You yeah. just making up stories on HBO? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure. No, 
one drop. All right, well, tell me. Out of the 82,000 balls that he dropped. That's why I asked you. Yeah. All right, so let me ask you this. I should start paying more attention to what you're asking me. You sound like my wife. (laughs) Um, Give me an overview of Jackson Smith and Jacob's workout today and then couple that with how he worked out at the Combine. Yeah, well, let's start at the Combine first because when you look at the Combine, he was the fastest receiver, maybe the fastest skill guy at all the uh, 20-yard shuttle drills, the three-cone shuttle drills. So that tells you right away what type of route runner, runner he is, and he's going to be able to separate at the next level by his route running ability. He's smart, savvy, almost veteran-like receiver on how he runs routes, how he gets open, how he sets up defensive backs. He's not going to be a 4-3 guy, but because of his unique ability to double move a player to get separation downfield, he's going to be able to do that. What really impressed me today was that he built off everything that he did at the combine. Yep. He had a great combine workout, drill workout, caught everything, was to me the smoothest route runner out of all the receivers at the combine. And now everything that you didn't see this year and you go back to 21, <laughs> it's there. now it's like, okay, now I, now I remember what I saw in right. 21. So he is one of those guys that continue to ascend as he goes through this process. And to put a 4-5-0, that's more than fast enough that he'll be able to uh, uh, be a number two for sure, maybe a number one receiver at the next level. And you made the point earlier that if he had were eligible to come out after 2021, he'd be your first-round pick all day long. Maybe yeah. definitely wide receiver one in this draft class with that sort of production. Well, I talked to a few people, uh, general managers, uh, that are picking below in the 20s. Yep. And they don't believe they're going to see him. I had heard earlier this week that he he or Zay Flowers, I told this to you, could be wide receiver one over the guys we've been talking about a lot, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison. I, again, I don't like to say he had a bad combine, ran a four four nine, but people were expecting him to be more explosive. Uh, yeah, so that that's interesting. And and you're right. The what he has been able to do uh, in terms of the short area quickness, four five is fast enough. On tape, he is consistently getting separation and i said to you what if he ran a four six and you said the conversation changed changes a bit. Yeah. yeah a four six receiver and it may not seem that big a deal to the public but a tenth of a difference in a 40 is huge uh when you're trying to uh, play at the next level <laughs> yeah when you're, you're going to get sauce gardner yeah it doesn't help you running a four six all right so yeah a, a great day for him in fact everyone who worked out today i think the arrow is pointing up on those players dewan jones didn't work out and we'll see. We have to wait and find out. It, obviously, he's a first-round talent. Um, but another player who worked out, and when, uh, Rick, when you see these guys up close and in person, you, you know, and you get you and Pete. That's like, why it's important to come yeah. to these pro days so you can talk to people, but also you can see these guys and everything that you saw, what you thought you saw on tape. When you get right next to these kids and see how they're built and how they move with your own eyes in person, it makes a difference. And I'm saying that, preface that to talk about Zach Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> Six, five uh, and a half, 10 inch hands, 36 and three inch arms. Does Ohio State recruit anyone with under 36 inch arm length? No. 86 and seven eighths. That was his wingspan. It's actually an inch shorter than Dewan Jones. And he weighed 269, edge rusher. And the issue with him on tape is that he's a little stiff. Yep. And he had a 34 and a half inch vertical, which looked like he touched the top of the, the weight yeah. room, which was like four stories. Um, and some of his drills, he looked less stiff and some of the open field drills, you could sort of see it, but you're not drafting him to drop into coverage. No, no. And I think, uh, the one thing you wanted to see the first step quickness. Now, when you see it in person, you can see he has all that. You can see he has the length. Uh, 
uh, I was a little surprised on how well he has developed up, up, upstairs in his yeah. upper body, but he looks a little thinner in yeah. his lower body. Why is that a concern? Well, just because you want guys that have thick through their hips, through their thighs, uh, especially defensive linemen. To stand up to, to the – yeah, yeah, because they're going to have to go up against the Dewan Joneses and the uh, Paris Johnsons. It's a little easier world. to set the edge when you're not. Yeah, but like. this guy – what saves him is his leverage and his arm length, and he can play with some knee bend. The biggest issue I had with him is when he gets to the quarterback level, when he's coming upfield, is can he bend at the edge and work through the outside edge or the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle to flatten to the quarterback? And I do think there's a little bit of stiffness there, but I think if a defensive line coach works with this kid's natural abilities and his length, uh, that they're going to teach him how to rush the passer. One other criticism I probably had on his tape was sometimes I just wish he would let it loose. And yeah. it looks like he's plays by the numbers. He wants to be perfect all the time doing mm-hmm. everything. And I think once he understands that, just go chase the guy with the ball in his hand and, and let it happen. Top 60 guy? I think I'm going to say he'll be gone by Friday, but I would say late to early okay. three. No, I feel I feel better about that. And last thing, and then we'll get out of here because we're, we're on time constraint, Debo. Bryce Young tomorrow, what do you what do you expect? Well, it's a big day for him. Because <laughs> he, he didn't throw at the combine. He was QB1, didn't throw at the combine. He told us on set that all of it was planned for tomorrow. So he's going to – there's no question about his ability when you watch him on tape. But – he is putting all of his eggs in one basket, so he better have a hell of a workout tomorrow. Hell of a because, basket. Yeah, and a big <laughs> basket because there's one here at Ohio State that's nipping at his heels right now and could overtake him. Yeah, but as you mentioned, Bryce has been up to the challenge every single time, so I would imagine tomorrow Stage will be no is different. never too big for that kid. Never too big, and we'll be back tomorrow with another podcast before we head back to this area to see Will Levis on Friday. But for now. For Rick, for me, for Debo, that is this edition of With the First Pick. We'll see you guys tomorrow. <laughs>